Hello, and welcome to Experts in Film, the Amateur Interest Hour. However, I guess that name doesn't apply today because this is not an Amateur Interest Hour. This is an actual expert in film. I am uh, pleased to announce that today we're joined by Jimmy Martin from KSL, Big Movie Mouth Off, uh, 103.5 The Arrow, uh, The Mediocre Show, and Utah's favorite, The Geek Show. Jimmy, how you doing today? Good, man. You're going to waste half your show just saying my outlet. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm sure I missed one at least, a one Probably. or two. Jimmy, how you doing today? Doing good, man. Uh, I'm uh, nerding out with my wife and watching Jessica Jones. So, how is season two? Good. We we just finished episode ten. Really? So we're flying through. I why so when that came out, I like binge watched Jessica Jones, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I, me and my brother, binge watched Daredevil. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is crazy good. I love this. And so, yeah, those whoever hasn't seen, especially Jessica season Jessica Jones season one. Yeah. I thought that was of all like the Defenders series. I thought. Season one of Jessica Jones is probably one of my favorites. I think it's probably one of the best, well-made ones. I think I, I, I put it up there with Daredevil season one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think they're on par, but I think she's got a better villain. I mm-hmm. think Kilgrave is one of the greatest villains. I agree. The whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. So, especially in it, just a shout out in Daredevil two. <laughs> I feel like the second season. I feel like I don't know. Like the first half with the Punisher, I was like, this is so dope. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that John Bernthal is probably my favorite part of that whole season, sure. but but that's just. Carver speaking here. Jimmy, I want to talk to you a little about your background. I mean, sure. you're you've been in the Utah film critic scene, I guess if if that's a scene, for a long time. I mean, and it's probably probably I think one of the probably the biggest names out there. I mean, we were talking about what was his name? Sean Sean Means. Yeah. yeah, Sean Means and you know, I just want to know how did you get into being a film critic? I mean, like you I feel like that Jimmy Martin's been a staple in Utah, but how did you become a film critic? I I've always been obsessed with films. I, I always tell people the, way, the easy way to describe it is uh if you ever watched the show The Goldbergs, mm-hmm. uh that's my life. Like, really? I had an older brother. We were obsessed with films. We made films, you know, we we would do stupid costumes, you know, we just would make I mean, they were awful. Completely awful, but we always were obsessed with them. I would go to movies uh, almost every weekend. I would look in the newspaper, this is how old it's getting, and find the times. And I'd find how long movies were, and I would book it out, and I would go see five movies in one day. And, like, and, and I'd only pay for one. Sorry, movie theaters. And so, uh, and I'd bring like my own sack lunch kind of thing like that, and I'd, mm-hmm. you know, I'd just go from you know theater to theater, hopping around. I, obsessed with films ever since I was a kid. And so then I came out to Utah because a friend of mine uh, had, uh, had in high school a year ahead uh, came out here. He's obsessed with like outdoors and film. And so I'm not an outdoorsy guy, but I was like, ah, I'll go visit Travis. And so I came out here and fell in love with the city. Uh, went to the U for uh, film and uh, writing communications. Did two degrees there in three years, and then I wasn't ready for the world yet. And so I did a master's at Westminster. Holy uh, cow! Yeah, so I did that in writing and multimedia and, and film as well. And so kind of got into the world. Uh, always you know, was going to like the Sundance Film Festival. In one year, mm-hmm. in 2006. I was going to go get uh, Sundance tickets, and a friend of mine called me on the way to Trolley Square. He was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to go get Sundance tickets. He goes, come to my house real fast. I think I can get you a press pass. And I was like, seriously? And he's like, yeah, just come real fast. So I go there, and he had been writing for Slug Magazine at the time. And he goes, here, here, talk to this girl on the phone. It was uh, Angela Brown, who's the editor of, of Slug Magazine, still is. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, I talked to her, and she says, hey, Ryan says you know film, and you can write. I'm like, yeah, that's like my two degrees you know <laughs> and she goes um we have we have a situation uh someone quit on the spot and i need somebody in park city in 20 minutes seeing movies and writing about them I'm like sure and so i wrote up there 20 minutes later i had a press badge around my neck and so usually slug does like a whole vetting you know see if you can actually write and stuff like that i was mm-hmm. thrown into the deep end 
And sure enough, when I was done, she was like, shit, like, you can actually do this. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, it's what I love. And mm -hmm. so, sorry with Slug. And then they weren't really doing, like, theatrical release reviews. Like, they, they were doing DVDs, random weird documentaries. And I was like, that's great and all. There's, a, there's an audience for that. And Slug is one of those audiences. I, I go, but let's do theatrical reviews. Let's do big releases. And she's like, well, we're, we're kind of underground. I'm like, yeah, but everyone likes movies. Like, I don't give a shit if you like the, this band over here or that. Like, everyone, you know, most likely wants to go see the Avengers or someone wants to get like that. Yeah. So she's like, let's give it a shot. And they fell in love with it. And so that was in 2006. So then what spawned for there, there was, a, <laughs> I'm going to try to make this fast. No, you're good, you're good. A couple <laughs> years later, uh, I was at Sundance again. Uh, There's a movie called Get Low and Bill Murray's in it. And I was going to interview mm -hmm. Bill Murray. And he's like my childhood hero. And I was like, holy shit, I'm going to meet Bill Murray. And so I go to this round table just because it was four slugs, so it's it's a print interview. And uh, and we're sitting there, and some lady comes down, and she's like, hey, Bill Murray slipped in the ice last night. He hurt his leg, so he's not coming. <gasps> no. <laughs> yeah, so, so I interviewed Lucas Black, nice guy, interviewed the director, whatever. And upstairs was an open bar. I was like, I'm going to go have a drink. And this is like noon. And I was like, because I just, I'm pissed, you know, like that. Yeah. So I go upstairs, I sit down. All of a sudden, this guy sits next to me, you know, orders like a vodka, I swear, cause, just because I know him now. And we looked at it, I'm like, this is bullshit. Well, the person next to me was Carrie Jackson. Oh, no way. Yeah. And so we start talking. And so he goes, oh, like, um, you're a film critic. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, do you know Jeff Feist? And I go, yeah, I know Jeff. And he goes, well, you know, he does Geek Show with me, blah, blah. You should come up to the to the basement sometime. Just come check out a recording. If you want to come hang out with some guys, you know, have a couple of drinks. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. So weeks pass, go up there. I'm watching it. Uh, they do three episodes. I say they, we. Uh, three episodes, uh, uh, at a session so we do we meet every three weeks like that mm -hmm. on the third episode one of the guys had to leave he actually had to go to a baptism which I always thought was funny so he had to go to a baptism <laughs> and Carrie goes Jimmy do you want to get on the mic and I was like I had no intentions of going there on the mic you know mm -hmm. and uh, that was god 10 some odd years ago like that I've never been off the mic since so from that Holy spawned, so from that spawn Jeff and I became really good friends you know being on the same panel and we formed Big Movie Mouth Off and so, because we were just arguing one time at Bruvies, and someone's like, why are we not recording this? You know, and so we turned it into a TV show. And so <laughs> that spawned into that. Then a producer uh, at the time uh, at a local TV station, I'm not going to give him any recognition because nope. And so <laughs> uh, pulled me in and said, hey, would you like to be on our weekend morning shows and do film reviews? And so I said, hell yeah. I mean, we're talking network television. And I was like, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so Saturday, Sunday mornings, I did that for three years. Things took a turn and I said I'm not dealing with this bullshit anymore so now I'm at KSL mm -hmm. and uh, but not on the weekends well I do weekends Sunday 4pms and like the night time which is a great shift and then during the days at noon 12 like I'm all over the place over there they love it mm -hmm. and so um, but also with the film reviews spawned the junkets with you know celebrity interviews stuff like yeah. that and then somewhere in there that I missed uh, Mediocre Show jumped in and so did uh, the Arrow 103.5 so in the time it's been and then you know and I always kind of make special appearances on Radio From Hell so I think there's seven outlets there now, and as we record this, there, it might jump to a few more. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Negotiations right now. So uh, it's kind of nuts. So that's kind of how it, long story short. So I always, uh, someone says, how did you get into uh, being a film critic? I say, a kid had a meltdown at a party, and Bill Murray slipped in the ice. So <laughs> that's how it works. It's weird life. Just to go back, <laughs> did you ever get to meet Bill Murray? Not yet. Oh. Not yet. That's what, it's funny. Somebody always asks me, "What's your uh, go?" You know, if you had to interview somebody, go Bill Murray. Easy. And I say because he started it all. So. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That is like, that's like the perfect story of like, oh, I was just the right place, right time. You know, it like, is. You know, I, you know, I, I. Everybody says bullshit. Like you worked for it. Like you know, like there, there are more, you know, to the to the story. But like they're like, no, like 
you took advantage of a situation and you and you ran with it and so yeah um so yeah you know, it's life and it's also just you know right place right time knowing what you're talking about and being, being good at, being good at what you're good at so man that's <laughs> that's awesome i mean and you've met a lot of people who are some of the top <laughs> actors directors that you've met uh the ones that people always say do you ever get nervous the, the the only two so far uh and it might happen again as of right now no but uh one was harrison ford nice for star wars mm -hmm. and the reason i say that's because everyone knows, everybody's like oh i heard he's a grumpy old shit like that you know it's, yeah. he never wants to talk about star wars because he's so tired of it i totally yeah. get it you know it's like you know we're talking about the fugitive oh let's talk about han solo it's like dude it's not what we're here for Mm -hmm. This is what we were there for, like that we're talking to Han Solo, like that. And my mm -hmm. theory is because he was really nice in the interview. Yeah. And it, I think it's because at the time, spoiler, if you haven't seen The Force Awakens, tough shit, it's way old, um, is that he dies. There's no spoilers yeah. here. <laughs> like, this so, is old news. So, but when we interviewed him, that was weird about that junkie is because usually when I fly down there, we fly down there, sit around for a couple hours, go see the movie, go to bed. I, I usually do research, wake mm -hmm. up in the morning, and do our interviews. Yeah. So we've seen the movie. They didn't show us the movie. So, really yeah so we hadn't seen it they can't talk about it so what the hell do you really talk about like so have oh, a good time there <laughs> well, I, mean, like, I had my question i really love because the first movie i ever saw in theaters was return of the jedi mm -hmm. and so that was my question i said star wars is very near and dear to my heart because return of the jedi is the first thing i ever saw in theaters mm -hmm. what's the first movie you ever saw in theaters and so people had the you know same kind of thing i think john boyega and i had the same one no he's younger than i am i think it was oscar isaac either way um so it was a great question but you just kind of you know you had to bullshit it but with Harrison Ford, he was really chipper, and I was like, I think because in his head he knows, I'm dead in this thing, and I don't have to do this shit anymore. And yeah. So like, you know, like, I don't have to do this. So he was fun. The director one, and um, I only got one question to him on the red carpet was Steven Spielberg. And Holy cow! This is a guy who created my childhood. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like he single-handedly created '80s movies, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure when this episode comes out, but uh, I've already got my plane tickets and everything. But I'm going down to LA in the, like about 10 days or less for mm -hmm. the Ready Player One junket. Oh, no way. Yeah, so, and I asked him, I was like, is, is, I mean, Spielberg's going to be there. And uh, I was like, is he doing interviews? Like, yeah, I'm like, he's only doing nationals, isn't he? Like that, he goes, yeah, pretty much. Like, oh. <laughs> so, but either way, I mean, just to know that that man's in the building, like, it's just, you can feel the, just the energy. The excitement, like, yeah. This is a guy who's, I mean, I can, I, we could talk nine years about Steven Spielberg, but, so those are the ones that made me nervous. Uh, most fun, Paul Rudd. Really? For, for what? Uh, what Ant-Man? Ant-Man. Because uh, if you want to hear of, uh, like, I mean, you can see it in the interview, but uh, I don't know if you know Garrett Morris. Mm -mm. Um, he's a black actor from the Saturday Night Live way back in the day in the 70s. They did a sketch where Bill Murray played Superman, John Belushi was the Hulk, Dan Aykroyd was Flash, and Garrett Morris comes in, and they're having a party for Lois Lane's birthday. It's this terrible sketch. And all of a sudden, Garrett Morris comes in as Ant-Man, and they all make mm -hmm. fun of him. And he's like, I, you know, I shrink down to the size of an ant, and I maintain my human strength. And they're, like, making fun of him. So... Carrie, Carrie Jackson and I actually went to the junket together because Carrie's like, I have to see Ant-Man. I don't give a shit about the interviews. I just want to see Ant-Man. Mm -hmm. So we flew down together and uh, and we went to go see it. And as we're walking in, I'm like, do you think they're going to mention Garrett Morris? And he's like, I don't know. And sure enough, if you watch Ant-Man, there's a part where he falls out of the window and he lands on top of a car. And this guy, the driver looks up and goes, what the hell? It's Garrett Morris. Are you serious? So in the interview, I said, now you were good. But I think you're my second favorite Ant-Man. And it's funny because with, with celebrities, the way you ask a question, it's kind of fun. I always try to throw them curveballs and shit. Yeah. It's boring. I totally mm -hmm. get it. It's like, what's Brad Pitt really like? You're like, oh, God. Like, you know, because it's just an assembly line of questions. You know, they're, they're there mm -hmm. for days doing this shit. And so I said, I think you're my second favorite man because there's two words in this movie that warmed my heart. Garrett Morris. And you can see it in his eyes. He goes, you're the only one. 
You're the only one who figured it out. I've been, basically, I've been here for days, and no one's brought it back more. And he goes, like, um, and, you know, he goes, you know, who who figured it out? And like that. And I was like, oh, me and my friend. And I said, he goes, what did you do when you saw it? And I said, we immediately high-fived each other and screamed like that. And he almost fall, fell out of his chair. That's awesome. What's so funny is that, like, after the interview was done, we got up and talked for another solid five minutes. Just like, really? his hand was like, Paul, we got to go like that. And he's like, no, I got to ask this kid. Like, he's like, knows his <laughs> shit like that, you know? That is so funny. So, and he's just ridiculously nice. Like, if you think he looks nice, like, just like on TV shows or talk shows, no, he's like really genuine. It's like that one Budweiser commercial. It's like, yeah, everyone likes Paul Rudd. It's true. It's really true. Like, he's like, he's like, I think him and Tom Hanks should have a nice off and it'd just be great. That would be intense. That would be like, oh man, like sweating bullets. Like, I don't know, is he going to be nicer? Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, like, you've been doing this forever. Is there kind of like any movies since you've been doing this that are like near and dear to your heart that you're like, man, I can't believe I got to cover that movie. Like, that's amazing that like they like assigned junket it. Wise yeah, junket wise. Uh, really, I like them all. It's really weird like when I say that because everybody's like, you know, because I can talk to anybody about film. That's like, yeah. you know, I don't care if your movie sucks. You know, that mm-hmm. I always... People have come up to me multiple times and say, I, I like listening to your reviews or reading your reviews because you don't, unless it deserves it, I'll be honest. But like you always try to find something positive about it because nine times ten, you can find something in there. like that. These people mm-hmm. don't just show up and just like take a dump on the cinema and like or on the camera and say, let's roll, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's always something you can do. Or even just talk about, you know, if you don't talk about their film, you can be like, what inspired you? Like what, yeah. who motivated your artwork like or your craft? Like that. And mm-hmm. that's where I, I mean, I, I love talking to directors. It's so funny. A lot of like, people who do it, they only want to talk to like, you know, Tom Hanks. Or they only want to talk to the stars. And they'll ask me like, "Oh, Jimmy, do you, you know, do you want to talk to the director? Do you want to talk to the writer?" I'm like, "Hell yeah! Like, you know, fine with me. You know, what mm-hmm. else are you gonna do? Go sit in my hotel room and do nothing? Like, I'd rather talk to somebody who's talented, who's doing something in this world, yeah. like, you know, making some kind of art. So whether it's terrible or not, but you know, we can have a conversation. So that's that's uh, for me. I'm trying to think of a oh, Spider-Man was fun. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming." Because uh, it was in New York, so it just kind of had that feel. Yeah, exactly. So, it's like, oh man, I'm worried. Spider-Man could be swinging on the webs around me right yeah, now. Right. I mean, well, it was funny because the theater. And this is why I love New York because the theater that we went to, you went inside. So like when you're in Salt Lake, you go into a theater, you walk mm-hmm. in, you might go left or right, and that's it, like that. Yeah. Whereas this one, like there were like seriously like nine escalators to like get to like the top of this building. Really. And then, so we were so high up, and then, and there's theaters just up there like normal mm-hmm. theaters. You'd never like you walk in, you think you're just on the ground floor. That's but, like, insane. When you like, walk outside, there's windows, and you're like so high up. I'm like, this is pretty rad. <laughs> so that, I mean, but it's just New York real estate. Yeah, exactly. Treat it. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Certain junkets, you seriously just go in, see the movie, do the interviews, go right home. Like that's it. And then, mm-hmm. but like this Ready Player One, uh, they said that there's going to be this cool like after party. And, like, and I've seen what they're doing down in uh, South by Southwest. They've got mm-hmm. a DeLorean down there, and they've got like uh, half the Iron Giant down there. Like, like that's awesome. They just set cool things up. I got a friend who just did. Um, was it Pacific Rim Uprising? He just saw that the other day, mm-hmm. and they had like parts of like the Jaegers. Like, oh really? Like, like sometimes they try to make it immersive. like kind of like yeah, like an experience. Yeah, you know, you know that, and I think that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Like, you know, and I, you know, whether they're trying to sway your opinion or not, which is a concern. I've had that conversation before about even doing junkets. And, you know, like you know, are they buying your opinion? So I, I go, you can do whatever you want to me. I am not going to tell you have a good movie if you do not have a good movie. Yeah. So you know, there's people called quote whores. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be a site. I don't think it's really run anymore. Called like movie, no, is it CriticWatch.com or something like that. And this guy would seriously keep his eye on people who would like say one thing and do something else. And a lot of people who I work with, you know, that are from mm-hmm. different cities, hated it. And I'm like, why? This guy's just keeping you in check. You know, like, yeah. you say this movie's, you know, 
four stars amazing and then you go home because I know some I know some of these guys I'm not gonna name names go home and say it's a piece of crap yeah that's that's not cool like I think that you're, all you're doing is trying to get your name on the commercials stuff like that you know I, I mean I've had my name on commercials probably a handful of times but everything I've said on there I will stand right by it and say like you know mm -hmm. I think the first one ever it actually was my first junket ever was for planes fire and rescue mm -hmm. not that great you know I totally get it but I said it's better than the original because the original was terrible mm -hmm. and sure enough right on the screen better than the original Jimmy Martin I did, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and so and people are like oh you think it's a great movie like did it say it was great no I said it was better than the original and that's exactly what it is you know so you know you can phrase it certain ways but you know, the second you start contradicting yourself just to get on a screen that's where i have an issue with it and that's what this website was doing was like just keeping tabs every time somebody got quoted and then he'd have like quote horror of the year like that and he would award like certain critics like that and oh I'm my like, gosh hey man go for it you know and then and the certain names they keep popping up so man you actually, if you keep your eye on uh, what i always do because now it's in my industry mm -hmm. is when those commercials come on i always pause on the quotes and see who quoted it and there's certain like there's some people who i know like there's a guy again i don't want to name names but like he will seriously he loves everything and it's mm -hmm. not to get on that screen. He's seriously, he's like my mom. Like, like she'll, she'll just like, oh, it was great. Like that, you know. And she's just my mom is the exact same way. She called me after the Oscars and she's like, I'm really sad that Greatest Showman didn't win Best Picture. And I was just like. It was a nominee. Uh, yeah, I was like, mom, I mean, like, that's not how it works. <laughs> my mom, I already say my mom, um, uh, my wife Kat was uh, very bummed that it didn't win Best Song. Yeah, oh. And so, and like, I, when they mm -hmm. performed Coco, I said, uh, remember me, I said, that's your winner right there and she's like no now i will say the performance of the greatest show mm. crushed everybody oh yeah 100 percent. Like, you're not taking down a pixar song it's just not gonna happen i mean and remember me like at the very end of the movie i was like like when they oh. start singing that song i was like i don't See, know why i'm crying see, that's what they should have done like you know i don't mean to jump off topic to the oscars but like uh for that performance i was really bummed that they didn't do the three versions of the song oh yeah like start out with the kid mm -hmm. bum everybody out do the 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 grandfather and then have Benjamin Bratt come out and uh, and come down the stairs like the, yeah. had the bell and everything, which I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I would love it if that bell fell, by the way, right. during the performance. It was, it was like great, and like, but uh, but they did the version from the credits, and I was like, Bleh. you know, yeah. So, oh well. Um, I'm trying to go. Back That's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, immersive uh, junkets. Yeah, it's it's more just kind of fun when they when they try you know, a little harder like that, mm -hmm. and they don't have to. Like, I mean, when I went to the it junket, they created the house. Really? And so we got to walk through, like it was like a haunted house experience. That's so, amazing. It was pretty rad. By the way, your interview with Andy Muschietti was awesome. <laughs> like when I went and saw it, because I love Andy Muschietti. Like his yeah. short film Mama, I think is such a well done sh like film. Not the two hour version, like yeah. the actual theatrical, but he did like the short film that's based off of it, sure. and I thought that was just so well done. It's like, him and his sister, right? Yeah, it's him and his sister, yeah. and I thought that you did a great job on Thanks. that. I'm a big fan of that one. I don't think it's on camera when I got up there. I go, oh, yeah, my friend said good luck with Robotech because I guess he's directing Robotech next. Really? He's at the time he was. And they, they both like, burst out laughing. They're like, yeah, Robotech because <laughs> it's so different. Oh, yeah, like that's such a send-off from what he usually does. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, but he does it, yeah. Yeah. That he's been in production for 30 years. <laughs> so. um, quick question, though. I mean, we're going to get to the Oscars, sure. but before we get there, I want to ask you about your love of Jackie Chan. My, oh my, my brother told me, he's like, you got to ask him about Jackie Chan, where his love of Jackie Chan came from. So yeah. tell me a little bit about your love of Jackie Chan. Uh, so growing up, uh, one of the first movies I ever saw uh, of his was Rumble in the Bronx. Great one. And I fell in love with it. And uh, my uncle was married at the time to a woman from Beijing. And uh, she loved him too. And she's like, "Oh, I can get his movies. Like, I can get all everything, things you've never seen before." 
And I was like, all right. And she was just going back home to China where they have, you know, all these bootlegs and stuff. And she brought home a mountain. And, and so, and some of them didn't have like English subtitles. It was uh-huh. just, you know, tough. And so I would watch it. Yeah, I mean, they're not brain surgery. You can figure out the plots. So. Oh yeah. Or I would just watch the fight scenes. And so I watched everything. Twin Dragons. I mean, Project A, Wheels on Wheels, uh, Police Story Two. I mean, like everything. I mean, things that no one had ever heard at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just fell in love with them to the point where like I would actually take. Um, I mean, this is me being obsessed when I was with film in high school. I would get on a VHS deck editing system and I'd put a blank tape in one and then all my Jackie Chan tapes in the other one. And I would start editing and I edited all his fight scenes together like that. And it's funny because I just, you know, uh, two months ago came home from the holidays, give or take, and uh, I found the VHS tape. Oh, no way. I have a VCR at home and I bought a converter <laughs> for my HDMI TV and I started watching them again. And it's just, it's hilarious. Like, I mean, it's just a solid two and a half hours of fight scenes. Oh, my gosh. So it's, it, I've always loved it. And that was actually speaking of favorite interviews uh, was last year was um, uh, the Lego Ninjago movie. Oh, really? And, uh, and so I got invited to it. It was at Legoland, which was kind of cool. And, uh, and so my rep I go there's one person in this movie and if he's there I'm gonna lose my shit and she goes uh who I go it's Jackie Chan and she goes yeah he's gonna be there oh my gosh did you get to meet him oh yeah I I interviewed him oh are you serious yeah so dream come true right there and so well you can see it in the interview if you ever get a chance go on YouTube and type you know Lego Jago Jackie Chan big movie mouth off or whatever and uh and so it's him and Dave Franco mm-hmm. and what's funny is that you can see in the interview Dave been dealing with this all day because I mean Dave Franco's great I've been that was his, my third time interviewing him mm-hmm. we've kind of got this rapport now because like he saw my tattoo and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. and so it was for that movie Nerve and he like lost his mind because it was a it's the flex capacitor and mm-hmm. uh and so yeah when you say oh like hijack like that you know and he kind of like you know presents him like you know all right this is a Jack interview yeah. <laughs> and so when I said I said I think I started, I said, I'm going to lose my mind like that. And then Jackie kind of perks up, you know, I, I've been a fan of you since I was a kid and turn up Dave kind of hands over. But then Dave started chiming in. Cause I think Dave started calling people out. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, how much of a fan are you? Are you just like rush hour? Are you Shanghai nights? Like, you know, all the crappy ones, the tuxedo, nah, that, none of that crap. The medallion. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> none of that. So he goes, he goes, what's your favorite one? I go, well, what do you want to talk about? And again, the, I named the ones project A, wheels on meals. And Jackie was like lit up. I mean, these are movies that are like 25, 30 years. Oh old. yeah. And, I, and he just goes, wow, <laughs> you know? And he goes, what's your favorite one? I'm like, I don't, what do you want me to name? I just like, yeah, Rumble in the Bronx, Operation Condor. I mean, like, I just started, like, just going off for a strike. I mean, like, and, uh, and, and then and Jackie actually said, oh, my God, and, like, leaned over and, like, shook my hand. He's like, thank you, like that. And I go, are you kidding me? Thank you, like that. And so, uh, but my favorite question was, um, oh, wait, he actually said, you're the reason I came to America. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this kind of fandom, you know? And so, which touched my heart, seriously, because, I mean, I've been watching it for years. And so I said, uh, I said, my favorite question, I said, you're known for using your environment in mm-hmm. fight scenes. If you were to take me and Dave Franco out right now in this room, what would you use? And they had this little setup behind this. You know, you ever seen those interviews? They always have little mm-hmm. decorations. There was bamboo sticks. And he goes, oh, easy, the bamboo. Because he goes, it's light, and when I hit, hit you with it, it's going to hurt. Or something like that. <laughs> and Dave's like, oh, man, I'd love to see Jackie beat our asses with bamboo right now. And we were just laughing. So great interview. Uh, he sang karaoke in it. That's another one of my favorite questions to ask people. Um, uh, and so he's uh, Jackie Chan. I mean, God, the guy can sing too. And uh, and so I got up and left. And the person behind me, I, I knew who. Uh, she's a sweetheart. She just looked at me. And she goes, "How do I even follow that?" Like, like what the hell? <laughs> You're just like, sorry. Yeah, just... see, uh, go tell me like rush hour. <laughs> so, but yeah, Jackie Chan is one of my absolute heroes. And like, it's funny we were talking about it on Geek Show one time, and like. Shannon actually asked a question. He's like, "How is that guy not dead yet?" Like, you know, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm just like, 
that dude probably like because he like jumped like off of buildings just like no yeah. problem like oh yeah okay let's do it right now yeah and i'm just like like edgar wright when baby driver came out because jackie chan just got like an on like a lifetime achievement oscar last year okay. and so for this podcast called talk house mm-hmm. they had edgar wright because a baby driver interviewed jackie chan oh, for for the foreigner and it was super fascinating because like jackie chan just talked about his process like yeah everyone wants to do it so fast i'm like no i'm gonna take my time oh am i ready to jump out that building now nah an hour later I'm like okay let's do it and it'll run and it'll be perfect one shot and i'm just like dude jackie chan you you are a gem and you are a national gem like true. like so that's cool though i'm not gonna lie i mean like it's too bad he interviewed him for the foreigner though because i actually i read it or actually i bought it because I, like, I hadn't seen it mm-hmm. i got it i watched it i go Where's Jackie Chan in this? Like that, because he's only mm-hmm. in it like minimal. Like it's a Pierce Brosnan movie. It's not yeah. Jackie Chan. So. That's why I heard. I mean, like I never went and saw it, but everyone's just like, no. Nah, I mean, like you got like, because like from what I understand, like the like the trailer actually just shows like pretty much all the Jackie all Chan scenes. I'm just like, yeah. The next day I took it back. I go, I don't want this in my collection. 